0: Hello and welcome to episode number 4 of the How To Hobby podcast. I'm your host John Power, once again joined by my friend Sean Bennett. He just got back from his world travels. Well, really it was just Dallas and Corpus Christi, but Sean, I think he did something pretty amazing out there that that some of the listeners might be interested to hear just what you're getting into all the time first it was candles and now it's well (laughs) let them know
1: you know so we'll get a little bit into this we'll get into this a little bit later as the podcast goes on but one of my big hobbies is firearms and uh this last weekend i did a trip out to texas did a retreat with a a experience called the wild man experience we shot long range ar-15s uh i got to go for a boar hunt we did a lot of really cool things We'll get into that as we go into the farm section later. But I, I will tell you guys, stepping outside of your comfort zone, one of the greatest things you will ever do in your life and pushing yourself farther than you thought you could, you will truly experience what it likes what, what it is like to live. Uh, trust me on that.
0: <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it, Sean. I have never uh, been able to go out and, and go for a boar hunt, but <laughs> I'm sure that uh, that boar meat is um, quite tasty. So, not
1: not down in Corpus, maybe in northern Texas. I heard it's pretty good. Down in Corpus, they're more of a more of a pest. is more to to help uh, control okay. their lands. But uh keep, yeah, it was fun. Nevertheless.
0: Yeah, keep them at bay, man. That's, <laughs> exactly. Uh, like like the old Yeller experience. They they were pretty pesty there. In that, I don't know if we remember that movie, but man, well, welcome back, man, and and welcome to another episode of our show here. It's it's a pleasure to have you. Here with us, and tonight we're going to be getting into two different hobbies. These are two hobbies that Sean and I are passionate about, but we kind of have separate interests. And um, so we're going to be walking you through. The first one we're going to be going through is something that is near and dear to my heart, something I've been into for a very long time. Oh, since high school. And it is the gaming slash streaming your gameplay via the likes of twitch um it's just something that is really really hot right now as the kids would say it and i think it's something that a lot of you guys would be interested to know more about how to do it and what you need so i'm gonna let you know uh how to do that to the best to the how how to hobby standard you know sean we're always oh yeah oh yeah we're always raising the bar
1: especially with, with everyone working from home and things being a lot more remote nowadays. I know that, that streaming situations like Twitch and, and things like that have gotten really, really big. And I think it'll be really good for people to, to listen to that and, and learn about it. I personally don't know a whole lot about it. So even I look forward to talking with John tonight about all of this and learning as much as I can.
0: All right, well, let's jump right into it. We're going to start off with our normal first talking point, and that's, what you need Mm -hmm. uh later we'll go through how to get it and how to get out and do it and we're going to do that for sean as well this evening but first what you need sean i think you probably have an idea of the first thing that we (laughs) may need when it comes to streaming
1: yes uh one in in my limited gaming experience uh I, i know that the number one thing you need is probably some sort of gaming console whether it be xbox playstation or your personal computer your laptop or or a, a hard station like that so that's that's basically as far as i get john when it comes to gaming and streaming so i know you need a computer but i think you're going to need to to inform us on everything else we need for this <laughs> hobby
0: <laughs> well sean you're not wrong which is good that's a good start uh, you need some type of platform to put your gameplay out there first and foremost to just play the game um So that is that is number one. Now, it depends. We can kind of break it down here into the nuances of streaming today, because there are people actually, believe it or not, Sean, on Twitch, the the number one stream thing is actually um, talking Uh, just really they call it. Yeah, just uh, uh, I think I think it falls under the IRL, but it's just sitting and talking, believe it or not. And so uh, I think they call it chatting. Let me yeah. let me let me pull up Twitch. You can you can do it right away and see the 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 power. Twitch.tv, it's a beautiful place. Um but if you go to the browse, you just say, yeah, just chatting. And right now there's 251,000 people watching people just chat. So that's that kind amazing. of uh it, it is pretty amazing. I I don't know, it's uh it's a new world that we live in. So if if you were to just chat, believe it or not. Guys, uh, you don't. Well, you. I guess you technically could do it from an Xbox, but it's going to be a little bit easier to do it with a, a PC, whether it be a laptop um, or a gaming PC. Now, if you're going to be going into more of the gaming atmosphere, so like you know, people today are getting creative. They're doing comedy. They're doing uh, you know music. They're they'll they'll host a concert um, from their home, or maybe they'll even. They've they've produced something, Sean, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll let it go. You know, they'll they'll do the premiere on Twitch as like, a, all right, come on in. And we're going to we're going to premiere the video here first before YouTube. Right. And so there's a lot of different ways you can do with it. You wouldn't actually need a, a gaming console. But the point here that I want you guys to take away is that you everything is going to have the ability to stream with how hot streaming is today. I hate saying that word so many times. Hot. <laughs> But with how hot it is, uh, it's pretty much built into every platform, whether it's your Xbox. uh, What do they call the new one now, man? Is it the Xbox? uh, It's I had the one, but I know uh, anyway, it's it's something. But the PS5, you know, it's got it built in there. Mm -hmm. The Xbox Infinite. uh, No, that's Halo. Halo Infinite. (laughs) I see the Uh,
1: Xbox Series X. Series Uh, X. That's the one. Dropped in November.
0: Whoa, man. And it's it's hard to get, too. So that's why I have no idea what's <laughs> that is. That is not good. My hobby is is falling away. I actually stream on a PC. I have a gaming PC that I've specced myself and I actually have a build coming together. But let's move on to our, our next thing that we need. We need a software. So if you're streaming on a PC, I'm going to I'm going to stick to the simple formula. I stream on OBS. OBS is an open source platform that you can download for free. And it is pretty much what takes all of your inputs um, and, and produces them and sends them out to Twitch. It's almost like a host, okay, right? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we've been diving into how to host our, our website in the best way. And we're working on that behind the scenes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, oh, man, it's going to be good. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, OBS is very similar. Um, you, it takes your inputs uh, whether it be a webcam a uh your your capturing device so if you're streaming from a a pc you can literally just screen capture your your main screen and then um but some people have capture cards we don't need to get into that the <laughs> nuances of it um but that's the next thing that you would actually need so a twitch account to be able to link the two uh so that's I call it the old OBS Twitch formula for success. Very simple.
1: (laughs) I I like that because I I always just thought you went straight to Twitch. I'd actually never heard of of OBS before. So that's really cool information. I like that.
0: Yeah, OBS. I don't know what it stands for, but uh, pretty Uh, simple.
1: OBSproject.com is uh, Open Broadcaster Software. Oh. I I can Google, John. I can Google. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm gonna sean is a resident googler this this episode beautiful work man behind the scenes i'm yeah, loving it tonight you, thank you um but yeah so twitch obviously we know and love it twitch.tv just sign up it's free and that's a beautiful thing is both of these things are free now we're going to get to our uh so so far we've had to get a computer of some sort if you're going to be streaming through your console you can actually do it directly through the console the console is your software and your host Mm. so that's the difference here um i did stream and it's so easy i mean that's that's the key to this segment i want i want to drive home it's easy guys so never take for granted just you know what could happen by when you mix a passion for something a game or a hobby and putting it out there for people to enjoy you know it's it's very important to bring that type of attitude to streaming and gaming. And man, I mean, I just love it. It's something that brings me life. I'm sure it brings a lot of you viewers or, and listeners life as well. But we're gonna talk about the next thing you need, which is a webcam, Sean. You need to have something to capture that beautiful face. And it's sort of one of those things that falls into the it's nice to have category, I have to say, because there's a lot of people that actually just stream with a mic. Um, so if, but, but that's probably the most important thing aside from the computer is your peripherals is what we Mm -hmm. call them. Um, either. So a, definitely a mic that's, you can't live without a mic because people want to hear you talking about the gameplay and and reacting in real time. But the webcam is additionally something that's very nice to have because people want to see you potentially see your keyboard what you're doing, how you're moving. And uh, it's just something that people look for when they're looking for that to take your stream to the next level. Um,
1: it's really cool to see anytime I've watched people streaming to, to not only be able to see the game they're playing, but also their facial reactions and the, how they're following the game. Like that really plays into, you know, when something really cool happens and you see them cheer, you see them smile. Like that, that is a really important part of what makes streaming
0: so entertaining to watch. And why you have 251,000 people watching somebody just chat. Mm-hmm. They're watching them they're, because they want to watch and see how hot they are, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm going to
0: see how many times <laughs> I can throw hot into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's true, Sean. I'm, and, and I mean, when you see me going off on the sticks, it is like nothing else. I mean, mm-hmm. I've streamed for some of, the, some of our coworkers, our fellow coworkers, and they they just love it. They, they can't get enough of how intense I am. It's, man, I really need to, I'm hot, Sean. Um, I, I like it. <laughs> so all joking aside, guys, let's move into our next thing. And it's going to kind of close out our what you need, Sean. And I, I think you would, you would additionally know a little bit about this next one, mm-hmm. which is something that uh, we have to use quite regularly for most things today, right? 100
1: uh, percent. especially working from home like a lot of us are working remote or going to school remote or anything of the the like uh, the number one thing and, and i'm gonna steal john's thunder here a little bit the number one thing is you have to have fast internet <laughs> trust me i'll, I'll let a, john go go more into that but fast internet is
0: key you you can't you can't skimp on the internet folks mm-hmm. it's today with today's uh current uh, megabyte per second rates you you got to go for it whether it's you know see if i could sean i would definitely be going for the google fiber that's mm-hmm. that's my uh that's my choice if i can get it but it doesn't come to our area so i'm stuck with cox but definitely um uh, it has to be i'll say this at a minimum at least 20 25 megabyte per second download speed and at least five megabit per second upload now mm. The problem, I, I say minimum, because that is going to, I think right now I have a, a 150 download and a 10 megabyte per second upload, and I still sometimes have drops. Now, that's a little bit of a mix of my system not being 100% optimized. When you're running a load of streaming and gaming mm-hmm. and running the internet, that's that's a pretty big load on your computer. So keep that in mind when you're speccing your computer again. It is important to take these things in mind or keep these things in mind and uh, laptops. Now they may be good for just chatting or maybe doing a cooking stream, uh, you know, running, running something like that. But, uh, when it comes to gaming and streaming a a high, you know, FPS game action adventure game, uh, like Fortnite or, Oh, I know you guys love Fortnite.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, uh, Valorant. You know some of these hot games of uh, Call of Duty. Of course, can't forget the Call of Duty. That is a very intensive game. I think that game right now, Sean, believe it or not, that's about a seventy-five gigabyte download. Can you even believe Ooh,
1: it? Good lord!
0: That is some space. Ah, uh, so yeah, you need you need a PC that's gonna that's gonna handle the the load. Um, now let's jump into how we get these beautiful things because all of these things in my mind, right, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they are beautiful. So let's, let's talk through how to get it. Sean, I, I'm pretty sure you being a, a stunning mechanical engineer, you know where to get some of this stuff. So (laughs) help me with this next section, my (laughs) man, I'm, I'm running out of uh, my, my steam here.
1: Yeah. So, so a lot of the places that, you're going to get some of this equipment. Is a lot of the places I got a lot of the equipment when I was in school. You know, you're looking at Arduinos and just a lot of the electronics equipment. There's there's definitely some brick and mortar stores. It's going to be a little bit harder. I sadly have to announce that Fry's Electronics has gone bankrupt. They have gone under as of uh, last week, I believe, or the week prior in uh, late February 2021. <laughs> Uh, They have gone under, so they no longer exist as a supplier. But there are a lot of other options. I mean, Best Buy is a great place to pick up some of this equipment. Also a great place to just ask questions. Uh, And uh, I mean, that's where I get most of my uh, equipment if I need to. I'm also lucky in that my dad is a uh, systems engineer. So he has a lot of skills and and expertise in this that are way beyond my (laughs) educational level. Uh, but like that, that helps, but I know Fry's is used to is where I grew up in and then Best Buy as well. But I think John, you have a few more options on the list for uh, places to get some of this equipment.
0: Yeah, guys. I mean, there's plenty of other, uh, brick and mortar options and I guess online, uh, which would be target Walmart. Uh, it's kind of cheating today, so you can definitely walk in. I, I probably walk into Best Buy the most commonly, but Walmart is also good, um for getting stuff physically uh, but online you know almost everything has an online and and so it's we me and Sean we try to keep the the how to hobby podcast clean as it were and not <laughs> not uh you know just steer you guys to online but of course Amazon Newegg is a huge one most of the the gaming related uh paraphernalia that you need to get is going to be online and cheap and there's going to be plenty of options when you search it in google definitely watch out for that over uh stimulization when it comes to trying to find gear just sometimes make the decision and uh and stick with it that's i got to tell myself that all the time right sean mm-hmm. it's oh yeah oh it, it's hard out there trust me um additional additionally um uh, you know, you're going to have to go around and, and talk to local internet providers. That can be not the most fun. Uh, we all know it's it can be tough when you make a move, um, but use it as an opportunity to get better internet. Um, and don't be afraid to call their customer care uh, loyalty programs and say, hey, i am with you, man. I uh, Currently, I'm on a uh, grandfather plan that they keep trying to get me to leave, um, <laughs> Sean, and it through Cox Internet, and I just... I, I'm going to keep getting it for as long as I can. I call the loyalty program every year and I get them to extend my, my suite rate. Um, and, and internet can be very expensive. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not immune to price hikes no, in definitely that area. Not.
1: Definitely not. And And a lot of it will be based on your location. Maybe you're in a home that you have a little bit more flexibility over what, kinds of internet you can get or maybe you're in an apartment complex and you really don't have a choice and so really playing the game of what you currently have access to but also calling them like john said and talking to their service departments is very very helpful more helpful than you realize especially if you've been with the same company for a while they really respect loyal customers i mean my girlfriend's mom called the uh she called at&t their bill was just really really high and, and they were like i don't get it we have Crap, you know, internet speeds and we're paying a lot. And so she called and was like, Hey, uh, I'm considering buying someone else. Like, you know, what can you do for me type thing? And within no time, they were able to double their internet speed and drop their bill by $80. I mean, it was all it took was just a simple phone call. And I know for maybe some of the younger listeners out there, or maybe even people who are are millennials and Gen Zs. Uh, that sounds incredibly intimidating to get on the phone call and demand that they give you a better rate, but oh, trust me, trust me, it is worth worth your while, worth the effort. And you know, in general, as long as you're a nice person, they're gonna respect you and they're gonna really want to work with you. You know, just don't raise your voice, don't cuss, and and you can get a lot farther in life than you realize with those simple principles.
0: Yeah, but you meanies, you know, uh, <laughs> you won't be getting any any good customer service. Uh-huh. So just just keep keep trolling. All right. Uh All right, well let's jump in Sean to our our final little our our final little topic of of mm-hmm. gaming and streaming before we close it out. And that's how to get out and do it. We always give you guys the formula here at How to Hobby and this is another this is the way we cap it off every single time. It's how to get out and do it and do it to the best of your ability. So, the way that I look at streaming is you never know what's going to happen. You could become the next Ninja just by sheer posterity. Mm -hmm. So the way I look at it is, if you're playing a game today, then just stream. You know, I I try and remind myself... Now, if I'm not doing it for... Because there is a definite tendency to be a little bit... um, If it's going to take the fun out of it, then by all means, you know, stay having fun. I personally enjoy streaming and kind of being having that as a, as a time to blow off some steam, um, from, from the family and home. So, you know, playing a game and streaming for me is kind of, it's not a big deal, but I know for some people it can be tough regardless. I think you will grow as a person when, when you just commit yourself to doing something and you never know what might happen. I almost, Sean, believe it or not, this is a, one of those little bonus stories, Mm -hmm. um, I actually got I was in in the top ten of Fortnite, a Fortnite round. Okay. So end game, ladies and gentlemen, for all you that know you Eugen's <laughs> ears. And um I was top 10. I, I was I was absolutely you know, I had a number of kills doing really well stacked. I was doing great. I had max materials. And this guy jumps into my my chat and he's like, All right, I'll give you a thousand, I'll take I'll donate to you a thousand dollars if you uh if you win this game. And I was like, Oh, Oh man. So I I kind of was joking. Uh, and I try not to put pressure on myself, but of course that's, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, Sean, I happened to run up against this guy right in front of me who had this gun. It was a three round burst gun that he could kind of take, uh, down a lot of my materials pretty quickly. And so I started shearing through materials uh, my material count got low, and unfortunately, I did not make the the Victory Royale the number one and got killed by this, by this man. So that guy dropped out of the chat, and I did not make my money. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that at any given time, somebody could pop in and want to support a small streamer. You got to view yourself as a small business. And again, this is why I urge you to at least everybody can have a webcam. Everybody can have a mic. Use those things as a way to make your level of stream go up because people are viewing this as a business. So don't view it as such, but view it as something that is fun and that you can kind of dive into and enjoy. So every time I get on, I bring energy and passion to the stream because if we're not being energetic and passionate about life, then what are we doing? Exactly. We need to be- we need to be passionate every time we go into our hobby. And that's you're going to hear this every single time for me, especially. But with streaming, you know, people don't want to come in and look at Joe Schmo sitting there. Oh, man, this. Oh, I got a gun. <laughs> oh, you know, you got to got to have some fun. Gotta throw out some catchphrases. Mm-hmm. Have have fun with it. You know, I mean, it, it can be the most fun or the most terrible thing, depending on how you view it. Additionally, this is my final tip for the evening for you guys getting into this. Don't think about the viewer count. Don't let it get into your head. Don't worry if there's, you know, take your passion and energy into the stream, whether there is three people watching you or eight people watching you. And I mean that in all realisticness, because those are the numbers that I see. Some days I'll have maybe three or four people watching me, family, family. And then other days, I'll have you know, people will be getting up there, eight, nine, ten. But that's sort of the the numbers and the realistic expectations you need to uh-huh. set for this hobby. There's no reason to be putting super you know large expectations on you. Uh, I will. <laughs> Sean, I will say this is another bonus story, ladies and gents. But uh, my computer is not the best. It's it's an older older build. I have an i7. Uh, pretty good graphics card, but my Jeep, G- my motherboard and CPU are running a little low. So I have a spec'd out build. I've got some of the parts, uh, and I just need to get my Ram. I updated DDR four before I can, uh, rebuild my computer from the inside out. That's going to be mm-hmm. a later this year, folks coming up. Um, but I, I have a lot of times where, um like when i'm streaming it's like doubly hard (laughs) because my computer is so like it can't keep up sometimes so i'm like having lag and i feel like i'm like trying so hard when i don't stream (laughs) (laughs) when i don't stream i'm like i am on like i'm unbeatable i'm literally because i've been you know what i view it as it's like i remember dragon ball z when you have vegeta and uh goku and they go up in the capsule core and they they train it like you know Three hundred times gravity or whatever, you know, they keep going. I'm like seven hundred times gravity. He's doing like ten thousand push-ups, dude. I feel like that's with my current build, that's where I'm at. Like I'm just, I, like I can't. uh, Everything is so hard. Like building is, it's like slow. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Oh, I gotta, and I'm moving as fast as I can. But then I, when I don't stream, I'm like, whoa, I'm really good. (laughs) Anyway. So uh clearly there's some growing pains ladies and gents and that that <laughs> with any hobby <laughs> with any hobby <laughs> but that's that's okay um you take little bites out of the out of the elephant and and that's that's kind of it so Sean do you have any anything you want to know additionally about streaming before we jump into ooh part 2 of episode 4 which I am looking so forward to uh
1: i think really the the main question I have, and this is coming from someone who has very little experience in this or, or any of these games is, is there a particular kind of game or maybe just game in general you think is the easiest or maybe a good starting point to get into, to be familiar with streaming or is it more, you can kind of just pick whatever you want.
0: All right. That's a, wow. That's an outstanding question. Once again, Sean Bennett, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, Well, Sean, um, I think the important thing is just bringing a passion for a game. So Mm. when, when I viewed, you know, I didn't start just streaming. I think it's, it stems from a passion for a game or a hobby. And again, it's so fitting for the how to hobby podcast, because we're giving you all these beautiful hobbies now that you can bring to your streaming. Um, but yeah, finding a game that really you relate to for me it's fps's first person shooters Mm -hmm. i like that competition go figure um but you know it could be anything i mean it could be a something very that's the beautiful thing about it in the art form is you could be doing single player games you could be doing um a more laid-back game itself like uno is pretty popular on twitch (laughs) um and and fall guys was another big one of 2020 which is a game of like have you ever seen that show wipeout where you have yeah, all the different totally. yeah well this was like picture a bunch of like hundreds of fat fluffy dudes running around <laughs> on a wipeout set just just look it up fall That's guys
1: awesome fall guys okay okay i'll <laughs> take that, that was out. a
0: hot oh that was a hot hot game for 2020 sean and uh i think i'm at I'm, i think i'm at eight hot's um for the evening so we're gonna have to
1: have a a hot counter going in the at some point on this this uh podcast
0: bonus stories and hot counters (laughs) are coming to you next time on episode five (laughs) ladies and gentlemen um so so yeah that was a great question sean i i I think it's just whatever game that you're most comfortable with you want to that's the that's what i'll say you want to be very comfortable with the game comfortable enough to where you feel like you're competent so comfortable and competent with any game that you're going to be playing because people will rip you a new one if you're not good. So mm-hmm. keep, do keep that in mind, uh, listeners. I mean, I, I, the internet is a, oh, it's a scary place. <laughs> Very scary. Uh, if, you're, if you're kind of just, yeah, you, you want to be at least competent. So mm-hmm. uh, pick something you really enjoy and are passionate about and you will be fine and bring in energy and passion to each stream and woo, watch out! I like it. All right, well, let's jump on into part two of this stunning, stunning episode. And this is going to be something that Sean kind of hinted at earlier. We gave you a little bit of a teaser. This guy shoots out out of hel- helicopters, flying <laughs> in the air. He's he's a he's a maniac. Watch out! But he's going to walk us through. Shooting and firearms—the the the, uh, uh, the political hotbed. We're diving in, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Yes. We we have it as part two of the episode. So if you didn't, if you just want to hear the streaming part, please. <laughs> uh, you know, just just uh, keep listening for for all of our sakes. Um, yeah. But Sean, why why do I, I? So I'll just I'll just lay it out there. You know, we we always go through what you need. I I th- have an idea. You need something, um, and and it's it's a firearm of some sort. Am I on the right path here? You you are correct. Uh, before <laughs> I get into the, the what you
1: need aspect of this, I kind of want to delay a little bit of a, a ground setting to this. Uh, the the first thing is I want everyone to know that I am in no way an expert in this. I'm still learning, just as anyone else who's who's really into this, and and anyone who considers themselves an expert, unless they really you know, maybe served abroad or this has been a, a lifelong passion for them, I would consider them an expert. But anyone who's only been doing this for like me for maybe about a year and a half, or maybe maybe even a few more, so on, years more than that, you know, we're all still learning. None of us are experts. So I want to put that out there before I continue that I'm in no way an expert. This is something I'm I'm building up as my passion. Um, You know, I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
0: that's uh, well, that's great, Sean. I mean, (laughs) laying it down. Well, let me ask you this before. I want to know. Why did you get into guns in the first place?
1: Yeah. So so I grew up, you know, I'm I'm California born and bred. And so I grew up in a household that wasn't necessarily anti-gun, but wasn't very (laughs) pro-gun. Uh, either I I never grew up with with guns we had uh, I think a crossbow that was the the closest to a firearm that we had in my house growing up and you know I was you know it was a couple of years ago I was in my you know I was like 23 24 and I kind of sat there one day and said guns terrify me and I don't like that if I ever had to pick up a gun for any situation the fact that I don't know how to use it and that it terrifies the the crap out of me was something that i didn't like and so on a whim i started looking for pistol classes you know things that i can't get into that are a nice intro way to get familiar with guns and at that point i didn't know it was going to become a hobby or a passion of mine it was more again i was just terrified of guns and i didn't like that i didn't like the fact that i had Mm. built this preconceived notion of what a gun meant and how dangerous they were and i was like i don't i don't want to live like that and so that's good man (laughs) yeah so i signed up for a pistol class with the local police department it was uh offered through uh san diego continuing education and so it's a like a community college type setting where you go and you take a class at the san diego police department open range pistol open pistol range in lemon grove it's hosted by two retired police officers one from san diego police and one from alcohol police and they Walk you through how to fire the guns, how to be safe, how do they work, and it just it was an amazing one semester class where you go for three hours a, a, you know, once a week. You rent out a pistol and then you shoot. You know, I think we were doing about fifty rounds a class, and my, my just was pre-COVID. We'll get into that, but that was <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, baby, yeah, I know. So that was that was an amazing experience, and it was through that class I realized I really had an interest and a passion for this. And so I went out and I actually bought my first pistol. And I was uh, you're just really interested in getting into this and learning more about it. So I started with YouTube, like you, like you do, and then went into, uh, you know, actually taking a couple of classes. I, I took another class in Los Angeles with the Firearm Training Association uh, out of a uh, open range in Brajagas shooting range in Corona, California. Took an amazing class out there for two days. And it just, you know, just started getting into it. I've worked on building my own AR-15. And then on a whim, I actually decided, like John mentioned, shooting out of a helicopter. On a whim, I actually decided to participate in a program called The Wild Man Experience. It's hosted by Johnny L. Sasser. Uh, he is the host of the Art of Masculinity podcast. Highly recommend you listen to that. It's a really, really good podcast uh, for men becoming more comfortable with themselves and their masculinity and he hosts this experience where it's a three-day you know you go out on the shooting range and i did everything from long-range shooting to uh tons and tons of ammo fired out of ar-15s with different setups i got to listen to suppressors and i actually got to go on a hog hunt and part of it was we got to i got to go up i think it was six times in a helicopter fly around the range shooting out of that with the ar and it was just an amazing experience. And so it's, again, I've gotten gotten a little off topic. But the reason I got into this is I was tired of being afraid of guns because of, you know, people telling me that they're dangerous and that they're inherently horrible things. And I didn't like the fact that I didn't understand them. And I wanted to get into it. And so that's that's where I'm currently at. Uh, I know I've been talking Beautiful. for a, a, a hot minute, John. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned... Ding. Ding, you mentioned something earlier. But you you assumed that in order to get into this, you have to have a firearm of some sort, and that is definitely a must. Uh, Absolutely I started correct. <laughs> yes, I started with a handgun. Um, I know that that is generally where most people start because they're they're usually the cheaper and or more accessible options for getting into guns. It's generally also more of a gun you're gonna run into. You know, if you find a gun somewhere and you need to know how to use it or you're involved in a self-defense situation, a handgun is most likely going to be the option. You can start going from there building into ARs. Like I have long-range rifles. But the first place to start is a handgun. Um, right. Yeah, there's multiple types of handguns. There's striker fire. There's there's hammer fire. I went with the tried-and-true Glock 17 that is a very popular gun used in military and police forces around the world over, uh, and that, that's where I decided to start. And so I know, John, I think you are the proud owner of a shotgun, if I'm not, if I'm you are, incorrect. You
0: are exactly correct, Sean. Okay. Uh, that's all I have, a, a, the old family 12 gauge.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's a great place to start, too. Uh, I haven't purchased a uh, shotgun yet, but my my goal is to in order to build my gun collection i want to have one of each kind i want to have a handgun an ar a shotgun and a long rifle and then i can start building from there but i think in until you have sufficient experience with those forms of guns you don't you shouldn't be spending money on more guns you should be spending money on training (laughs) which we'll also get into as as we continue and again i apologize if i'm wordy tonight this is a huge passion of mine right now and i could talk for ages on this
0: That's Sean, the viewers, they want to know. I mean, the (laughs) listeners, the listeners at slash viewers, we're coming Mm -hmm. for you, YouTube. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the the uh, next big thing that you are going to want in order to get into shooting besides the gun is ammo. And I want to put a little disclaimer out there right now. We are currently in, in the middle of covid and I know that guns and ammo are incredibly hard to come by right now. Just with manufacturing, but also a mass of gun sales that this country has never seen before in the last 12 months. And I don't know how long this is going to continue. And so nobody does. Nobody does. So if you're able to get your hands on a gun and you can't find any ammo, there are plenty of dry fire drills that you can run. Dry fire is uh, a term for when you're practicing at home with no ammo and that is the key is okay. no ammo anywhere yeah. I you need know, to
0: brush up on my skills with that for yeah
1: sure. exactly and i'm not going to go into the safety aspects because they i could talk on that for a long long time but if well, you, we don't want
0: to we don't want to tell you exactly how to shoot
1: <laughs> no but if you're if you're getting into this definitely know what you're doing and, and be safe but that's if right. you're having a hard time finding ammo you can do dry fire drills. I do those all the time. I even purchased a little tool called it's a company called G Sight. It's a little laser that actually sits in the chamber of my Glock and when I fire the firing pin actually strikes the it's essentially a little button laser and it fires Ooh. a little laser out and you can point it at what at whatever you want you're training with. And then I have an app on my phone that will actually track where that laser hits and you can do dry fire drills at home practicing. So There are other options for you out there other than live fire on the range, but just putting that out there. uh, if you can, gun and ammo are the two main things you have to have. You must need for a if you want to get into shooting. And now I also successful
0: shooting experience. Correct. The successful (laughs) shooting experience. Successful shooting hobby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And
1: and comes to guns as well. Uh, A lot of Ranges right now aren't currently renting guns because of COVID and people touching them. But when this is over and you do go to the gun range, just as a little forewarning, most states require that you have two people per gun rental when you go to a gun range. And that's due to a very sad fact that there have been a serious numbers of actual suicides at gun ranges by people who have gone by themselves who can't get a hold of a gun. go to the range rent them and use them uh in a horrible way that people should never do and so to be prepared you're going to you're most likely going to need two people with driver's license to rent a gun at a gun range if you want to practice with something if you have a buddy who has one you know you can take it you can do it all you want but if you're going to go to the range and rent you usually have to have two people
0: okay no that's good to know i i actually didn't know that
1: yeah i learned that uh when my brother and i would go and I went by myself one time thinking I could just rent a Glock. It was before I would purchased one. And I found out that California state law is that in order to rent, you have to have two different people on the rental as well.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going, going with the wifey. <laughs>
1: exactly. So, <laughs> so that goes into that. Those are the necessary things, you know, guns, guns and ammo are the, the two main things you need to get into this hobby now, I put on the list a few optional things. I know they are an added expense, but again, they're optional. So, John, I was wondering if you could kind of tell me, it's, it's one of those things you, you think of when you think of carrying a gun, but no one, like, like, as an optional thing, you go, oh, that's right, I need to buy one. So, John, what do you think is one of those things as an optional tool that you should have if you want to get into shooting?
0: Uh, I would think it would be something to store the gun on your person, potentially, whether it be uh, incognito or out (laughs) out and proud or maybe, you know, for war, uh, some way to store it and or sling it across your body um, and keep it in place. Right. You you are correct. So that would be
1: (laughs) a holster. It is really important when you are going to get into guns, especially if you're going to be taking training classes. So in San Diego, it's really difficult to find training classes that are on an open flat range. Most of them are going to be indoors, and sometimes they'll have you on the bench. Sometimes they'll have you actually moving and having the weapon in a holster. And it, it depends on the class you're taking, the experience you want. A lot of ranges, unless you've passed, certain safety standards will not let you draw from holster. You have to only leave it on the flat bench. But if it's something this is something you want to get into seriously, I recommend that you purchase a holster. I bought mine okay. through a company called Blade Tech. Uh, it was a total of thirty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents plus shipping. They make you know really really high-end holsters through Safari Land and T-Rex Arms that are a little bit more robust. But for me, I just wanted a normal holster. It doesn't have any retention to it other than a uh, little tensioner in there. But it doesn't have any active retention and things like that. So a holster is a great place to start. When I took a to class in uh Los Angeles, the class was draw from holster. And so we got to actually walking around on the move, on the range, draw from holster and actually drive to the target and wow. and unload. So it was <laughs> it was Oof. a lot of fun. Yeah. And Serious. then going <laughs> going into that. Usually holding your holster will be on some form of there are multiple names, but it's essentially a war or a battle belt. And so there are multiple different kinds. I won't get in. I'm just
0: gonna (laughs) throw throw this in there. That just sounds awesome. So Sean, I'm expecting one for my birthday this year. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Moving on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So so uh, I'm currently working on building my battle belt. Uh, there's different kinds. There's uh, ones that go through the belt loop uh, and you can do anything, from just regular old leather belt to actually specifically made ooh, battle belts. Ooh. Mine I currently have is a two part system. So it has an inner belt that has Velcro on the outside and then the outside Velcros to that. And it has a, a D clip and everything on there. And that's where I store my holster. I have two Glock. It's a double Glock um, mag carrier and then I have a tourniquet holder on the back as well. And that, I'm just kind of working on building mine. But what a battle belt would allow you to do is to store more things. So if you need to reload on the fly or if you need to pull a tourniquet out, you have things like that. You have dump dump packs, dump pouches, and all kinds of other things you can put on your battle belt. And they're all specific to what you're going to be doing and what you want to do. And again, there's there's... Endless endless numbers of YouTube videos on how to set up your battle belts and what to put on them and different companies I mean, everything from T-rex arms to fieldcraft survival to blade tech to safari land. I mean, it's it's absolutely Endless out there and products to put on your your battle belt uh, wow. And so that, yeah, and again, this is generally you only wear those if you're on a open flat range It's uh, usually only outside unless you're taking a specific gun class where they reserve the whole range and are able to walk behind, like indoor, you're able to walk behind the benches and actually sit there and shoot from a belt. But mostly if you're in an indoor range, it's going to be from the table. And if you're shooting from a flat range, it can be sometimes from a table, most of the time from some sort of uh, battle belt. So there are wow. endless, endless numbers of things you can do out there. But that is that is another one of the optional Things that you can purchase to to make your firearms training that much more efficient.
0: Was was Han Solo's amazing leather strap belt? Was that a battle belt? His so holster. I,
1: I don't believe so. I mean. Okay. To, yeah, you have. Uh, let me look up his setup real quick. I'm very
0: very curious. He has some various things on there, but
1: yeah. So his was kind of a it was a battle belt thigh strap combination. So, okay,
0: gotcha. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. So this, this is one of the things you can get into as you get more into firearms is not only just having your battle belt, you can also also purchase thigh straps and thigh holsters that you that you see on a lot of the more tactical side like military, or even if you watch TV shows like SWAT, you know, or, or the cop TV shows, they'll generally have their holsters on their thigh. Um, and it allows for more mobility. It's really designed for people who are going to need to transition from a rifle to a handgun on the fly. That's when you generally need it lower. or Sometimes it's easier mm-hmm. to grab. But uh, depending on where you are and what you need, that may not be necessary. Uh, but, yeah. So Han Solas was a battle belt slash thigh
0: holster and, like, thigh setup that he had on his. Yeah. But, dude, that thing, we just got to, I mean, it's the best one it Never is was. very nice
1: i just <laughs> i just Google han solo holster because i hadn't thought about that in a while i have to say there are some really really cool reproductions of that belt out oh, there this is amazing I,
0: I i don't doubt it in the slightest that have you you know adam savage that guy's probably done about mm-hmm. five i'm sure <laughs> oh 100%. i'm sure of it <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So any other things that the that the listeners need to know or get that's under the optional category of of guns or. Yeah, so
1: there's one last thing, and this one might be a little controversial for some people thinking, oh, I don't need that. I'm just getting in shooting guns and that would on top of your normal training that you need. And we'll get into that when we get to the get out and do it section On top of the normal training you should have with your gun, you should also throw in some form of trauma first aid training. Uh, It's typically called TCCC Tactical Combat Casualty Care. Um, You know, I took a class with Fieldcraft Survival up in Heber City, Utah. It was an eight hour class and I now carry a trauma kit in my car. I plan on taking more classes as well. Uh, I'm even considering honestly getting my EMT license. Uh, that's something I, I don't know if I've actually told John yet, but it, to the listeners, this is one of the things I'm looking into getting is my EMT certification. So I can be more prepared on the range, but if you're going to be involved in training that, in, that where you're out on the flat range, or even you're, you're going out to the desert with some buddies to go shoot some stuff. It's really helpful to have some level of trauma training under your belt. So if, God forbid something happens. I mean, it could be even as simple as someone gets their finger caught in a slide when it's moving and they slice their hand open. Oof. You have some form of training. Worst case, you know, someone actually gets shot, things like that. You know, as, as much as you try, negligent discharges are a possibility at all times. Mm-hmm. They should always be something you try and avoid, but things happen. And so having some form of trauma training under your belt is really key if you really want to make firearms a hobby of yours. Because you never know when you might need that training on a range.
0: I love it, Sean. We again at the How to Hobby Podcast. We are not just we're not settling for second best. This is every hobby we get into. We want to do it to the best of our ability. And Sean, mm-hmm. you're just driving the message home once again. So thank you for that. Uh, any any other things about the or you know what we need here? Are we ready to move on to uh, our next section? um and and prefacing you know why we're not going to include the how to get out and get it uh mm-hmm. yeah well. so
1: yeah so uh there there aren't any other things i think that are on the necessary or optional something that's very dangerous and you see this with a lot of hobbies is you can get very easily sucked into how many accessories there are that you can purchase when you're getting into the new hobby the gun industry the firearms industry in general is no different there are i can't even tell you how many thousands and thousands of accessories there are out there that you may convince yourself you may need (laughs) you know it's it's part of that getting into it you just you have your necessity gun and ammo as you build you can get a holster a belts trauma training things like that the other things just focus on on getting more familiar with the gun before you get into spending your money on on other stuff
0: yep keep it simple
1: exactly keep it simple Keep it
0: simple all right
1: yeah so i think that takes us into the the get out and do it section and we've kind of glossed over the how to get it section for right now mainly because uh during covid you know ammo and and guns and ammo like i talked about are very very hard to get and so you know obviously really the depending on your state's local laws at california the only way you can get a gun or ammo is through a licensed dealer they're called ffls i believe it's federal firearms licensee i can't remember don't quote me on that but you know that's mainly how you get out and get it is through a gun range or a a gun shop but we're going to kind of to shave over that a little bit, because with the with the availability, it's so that hard we, to do it. I know, with the availability that we have right now, it's it's very difficult to find equipment and guns. And so part of that is getting into the, you know, if you're lucky enough to already have this equipment, or maybe you have a a family member that can go with you to the range that can walk you through this is really helpful. But in order to get this, you have to, you know, we're thinking of a very long and expensive process. And so part of what I want to throw into the get out and do it section that we have on each of these is kind of a disclaimer that just because you don't have the equipment doesn't mean you can't educate yourself. So mm-hmm. when you're getting into like I personally subscribe to a, a series of magazines and I know that sounds super old school and when you say I ma- subscribe to magazines, but they're <laughs> <laughs> there online
0: are... <laughs> publication, Sean. That's what you're <laughs> yes, subscribing you. to. Well, I'm, I'm you have school. the Apple
1: News. I know. I'm old school. I like having a magazine to turn pages <laughs> on. So I subscribed to Guns and Ammo magazine. Uh I was actually just talking to my grandpa earlier this uh, this morning actually and wow. he threw out a few other uh, magazines. There's uh, like RifleShooterMag.com and magazine.com are two great magazines as well to get into. There's various books that you can purchase. Uh, you know, I've been getting into. Uh, I've purchased ballistic books um, and just intro to firearms. Seems like there's just ways to educate yourself. YouTube videos because just because you don't have the tool doesn't mean you can't get into the hobby and that makes you that much more prepared when you are able to buy the tool you can get into it so i see john's putting some of those down in the show notes we're going to be including links to the magazines and the the holsters and stuff that we've talked about uh, down in the show notes of this episode Um, but moving on i going into the get out and do it so we're gonna after going through the disclaimer we're gonna assume you have your gun and ammo and we're gonna go to the greatest place to to, <laughs> to get sharpen your skills and sharpen your skills is your local gun range uh in san diego we have i don't know <laughs> within the within numerous 15 minutes of my house i probably have four or five different uh, local gun ranges to go to they're all going to be indoors. If you live somewhere a little bit more rural or remote, you may have some more outdoor ranges. Uh, it's kind of hard to find in Southern California, so most of ours are going to be indoor. But, you know, go visit your local gun range. They're really willing to help. They're there to teach and be educational for you. Uh, there are many around you. I One of my first ranges I went to was actually quite a ways from my house. It's called P2K Shooting. Oh, yeah. Uh, down um by where one of our old co-workers used to live down in down south in san diego and they're amazing because from the moment you walk in there feels like there's no judgment there's no stereotypes of what it means to be a shooter it's instantly helpful very warming very welcoming for questions and that's most most gun ranges are like that i feel like the stereotypical when you think of a gun range is the same experience i had when i got my first tattoo was you kind of think they're going to be these hardened, like you know, hard-ass people that you walk into their office and they're judging you for the moment you walk in? And that's yeah. just not—that's just not true. Uh, they're really willing to help. They're just normal people who also really have this as a hobby, and so, you know, they're—they're there to to teach you. Um, moving on, that's I think. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think the most important thing on any. these hobbies and this is very very important with the firearms is to take training classes if it's very easy to get into the habit of thinking if i buy the most expensive tool it means i'm the best at it and you see it a lot in the gun industry where people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on the best kit the best gear and we're talking plate carriers Mm -hmm. you know uh, magazine loaders just They have the most expensive stuff, but then if you take them to the range, they don't know how to use any of it. Because it's common to think, if I buy the most expensive tool, I'll know how to be the best at this. So, highly recommend you take classes. Set aside part of your budget that you may have spent on a new gun or more ammo, and focus on taking classes. Most local gun ranges will offer classes I've I mean, I drove two and a half hours up to Corona for me to take local classes. And I drove two hours there, took the class for 10 hours, drove two hours back, got up the next morning, drove two hours, took a 10 hour wow. class, drove two hours back because that's hard how work. Important. I know that's how important, dedication, <laughs> dedication. That's how important training classes are in the safety, the understanding of what you're doing here and just having a blast. It is so much fun to take classes because you learn more than you ever, ever thought that you would. It is an amazing experience. Man, I, I
0: like I'm excited right now. I want to go out and get, get a gun, but I, I can't. So I'm going <laughs> to wait, like Sean yes. told me, and I'm going to take my classes.
1: But yes, take, take your classes, you know, go on YouTube. Uh, another great resource, and this is kind of where all ends my firearm section. I could talk for days on this is look into your local pro-gun organizations if it's something you're really passionate about they will be great resources for training for uh places to purchase guns even discounts on other companies things like that so like i'm a loyal subscriber of sdcgo at san diego county gun owners they're an amazing advocate organization in san diego county pushing for gun rights and pro 2a administration and things like that and so they are, uh, and we'll have that linked in the show notes. They're a great uh, organization, and I, I really like them. I attend their monthly meetings. They offer discounts on other other companies and training and things like that. And they're really pushing for getting more concealed carry permits in San Diego, and and things of that that sort. So, when it comes to the get out and do it, you go, you know, visit your local gun range, take classes as much as you can, and look for other organizations around you like CCGO. That can give you more information. So that is that is my spiel on on firearms, and I, I know John and I will end up having follow up podcast episodes with uh, these these hobbies because they are so important to us. But John, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking. My mouth is dry and I am talked <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> take take a break, man. Jay, take a take a drink of water. That was beautiful. Uh, first and foremost, man, wonderful job. I I could listen to you all night on this one, and I think. The listeners can too. Uh, it's you. You threw out so many great things, so many core values that we hold dear here at the How to Hobby Podcast. Again, we want you to be take your hobby to the next level. You know that's what we're re- really doing with this podcast series. Season one is all about getting you into it and really just growing in your love for the hobby, but additionally growing in your values that you can bring into the hobby to make you a better hobbyer. So we bring value every single week. That's the goal of this year. And as we're closing out the show, you know, we want to thank you guys for listening. Once again, this has been episode four of the how to hobby podcast. We're going to link the show notes below. We're actually working on our website as we speak. Um, definitely a little disclaimer. There's been a change in the domain. It's actually the how to hobby com now. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and, we're going to have that up and running here shortly. We're going to have the episodes live on our website. We're going to have the show notes linked. You're going to be able to get all the information and we're working on the socials too. So, uh, stay in touch. Um, once we get the website up and running, you'll be able to ask us questions. Uh, we're going to have a and a area of the website. So thanks again for stopping by and taking a listen to our journey through our hobbies that we know and love. Um, uh, And tune in next week for more fun, right, Sean? This is just going to keep going and going and go. Well, not going too long, but it's going to be hot. (laughs) So (laughs) you guys have an absolutely wonderful, wherever you are, rest of your time. And thank you for listening. Sean, goodbye. Thank you, John.